Hello everyone, welcome to the Gaming News Canada show presented by Osler, Hoskin and Harcourt LLP. I'm your host, Steve McAllister. Paul Burns, the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association, who's quoted in the newsletter, has been also a busy fella. He he appeared on uh, the National on, on a story reported by Jamie Strat, and Paul was also with Ian Hanna-Mansing on CBC's Cross Country Checkup radio program uh, last weekend. I'd love to get Paul Burns in here to talk for a, a couple of minutes on the symposium on competition manipulation and gambling and sport that was hosted this week by the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport and, and McLaren Global Sport Solutions. One bit of news but before we get Paul in here was uh, the International Betting Integrity Agency announcing that with the support of Bet365 FanDuel and Betway that it's committing $300,000 over the next three years for an education program around athletes and other participants in sport to teach them about uh, about corruption in sport and, and match fixing. But uh, Paul Burns, the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Paul, you, you were there both days, and I, I just wonder if you can kind of give us the, the Coles Notes version of the two days. The um, CCS, said this, this was the second symposium. They probably had the first one in 2019. Very different discussion this time, obviously. It was very good because they, they broke it into to segments, and so there was the industry, obviously, um, uh, spoke, and I did moderate a panel with uh, with Scotty Vanderwall and uh, Doug Hood and uh, Richard Cotto from AGLC in Alberta. We heard from the, the, the pillars that are involved in match manipulation from the gaming industry and operators, regulators, uh, law enforcement, Interpol was there, the FBI participated. Obviously, the athletes had a big part in this and listening uh, to them um, and the pressures and they face and in in the, the national sports um, organizations in Canada that are participating and there's lots of demands on sport right now from the safe sport training to the drug and doping education that needs to go on and testing to now match manipulation it's all part of the sort of the continuum of integrity of sport obviously you know when you heard from um, other jurisdictions in the world, Netherlands, and, and what the IOC is, does through their, um, reaching out through their um, representative countries and individual sports. There's a lot going on. And because Canada didn't have regulated sports betting, no one was really paying attention. Um, one of the big takeaways from 2019 was that athletes, um, Canadian athletes are bet on, Canadian sports is bet on in other parts of the world. Um, and the particular focus on a and amateur athletes, because they're the ones that actually travel to a lot of other different places. Not The NHL doesn't go very many places very often. Other leagues don't, the professional leagues. But amateur athletes um, travel all over the world to compete. And there's different betting regimes in all of those places. And making sure that athletes understand how to protect themselves from being approached in match manipulation to problem gambling education. We heard from... Um, a basketball player from the UK who um, his problems with gambling led him to be betting on his own matches. Um, that there is a correlation there. So there's a really an interesting need to have the dialogue and making sure and the education programs that that um, the IBIA is, is offering to set up with the support of Betway, 365 and FanDuel uh, for the next few years is a very important step to get it going. There's pilot programs that have been done with um, Basketball Canada, Curling Canada, and Soccer Canada that are working well um, on the training and education around match manipulation. So it's a it's a big effort because there's not a lot of support from the ministry, uh, the Sport Canada, 
behind this. This is not a part of their radar. Uh, they kind of attended. They didn't really say anything. And but it was better than last time because in 2019 they basically told everybody this isn't a priority for us. Nice to have the conversation, but we don't really care. At least they didn't say that this time. Um, but they are. Um, there's a lot of pressures and their needs, and you know the gaming industry is coming to the table. The regulators are coming to the table, um, and uh, and helping uh, these national bodies be able to understand the gaming space, what they need to know about it, and. Uh, and helping them get educated so they better protect themselves. Paul, did you find that you got a lot of questions yourself just from people who don't quite understand what regulated gaming means in Ontario? And, and again, the conference like this is an opportunity for you to, to spread the gospel a little bit more? I think it was it was important to understand because I said to our, the panel before we started, I said, assume nobody knows really anything of how this is organized. Um, you know, some people say, well, there's lots of money being bet, well, yeah, it's a, but it's a very low margin product. So there's not a lot of profit at the other end of this. And governments are taking their share and others. Because where can I get my share of money um, on this is, is one. Because to be frank, I mean, that's one of the challenges. And it was a, a broader conversation about empowering athletes because in a lot of cases, they don't have much leverage when it comes to um you know, you know, fighting for resources for themselves and money, shares of revenue, um, things like that. And that's where, um, you know, they see new entities earning money from sport and they go, hey, how do we get some? Um, that's a, a big part of what people look forward to. And, and, but understanding the Ontario environment versus the rest of Canada um, was part of it as well. And um, But I think that there's... Um, what there is is a high level of cooperation. Uh, the CCES has done an amazing job, um, and I, you know, I reached out to them back in the early 2010s as a debate on single event sports betting in the Canadian Parliament. That they were um, a natural organization to help um, educate athletes and participate in this debate because of their mandates on abuse and drug doping and, and drugs to protecting athletes and educating athletes. So um, they've done a great job and they continue to want to work with industry and find ways to educate athletes and provide resources. Um, they're going to need help. And some of that comes from government, hopefully. Um, because even if the gaming industry didn't happen in this country, the same threats are still there for the athletes. And that was a point that was important to make that you leave this country, you can get bet on other places in the world where you compete. Um, so it's not something to say that, you know, just because this has happened and we've regulated, it, you know, single event sports betting, that now we have all these problems we've got to deal with. And the fact that, um, you know, the Macklin Convention, which was signed in over a decade ago, um, you know, is in Canada didn't participate in any of the meetings until probably around 2015, 2016. Um, around learning what match manipulation was and why they should care. So they're there now, and so that's a good thing. That's, uh, that's great stuff, Paul. Thank you. A word from our sponsor. The Gaming News Canada Show is presented by Osler, Hoskin, and Harcourt, LLP. Osler's gaming practice has the insight needed to help clients navigate the complex and evolving landscape of the gaming industry. 
Osler's position as a trusted advisor in the gaming industry has been built over years of service to operators, suppliers, and gaming authorities. Visit Osler.com slash gaming for more information. That's O-S-L-E-R dot com forward slash gaming. Now back to the show. Hey, next all's game. I'm going to give the last word to you. Um, Paul mentioned Curling Canada earlier. I know Catherine Henderson, the CEO of Curling Canada, was a participant in, in a symposium this week. And uh, again, I you know I think your your partnership with Curling Canada is I think they're one of the, one of the success stories. And with op, with a sports book operator working with an NSO in the first 14 months of this market in Ontario, is that something that you have in your discussions with the, with the athletes that you're sponsoring with, with the Einer and, and Bachelor Rinks and uh, uh, these kinds of conversations being had with, with people inside Curling Canada around, in, you know, integrity in sport and match fixing and, and the like. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, it's the, the, the interesting thing about our partnership with Curling Canada is, I mean, to be candid, how much, um, exposure we have and how much time we we get to communicate with them not only to the you know to the great leaders of curling canada but also not only to the you know the two great teams you know botch's team and, and, and carrie's team but also you know we've been very present at a lot of curling events not even not just curling canada events where we built relationships with a lot of a lot of the the other curlers and we're building those relationships also to help educate everybody on how to help um, create a strong gaming foundation within curling because it is very new. Um, the data that curling, um, you know, that, 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 that both Curling Canada and, 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 and Rogers and GSOC and the WCF, World Curling Federation have, they, the data itself is not necessarily at the same level of some of the other sports leagues. So, um, and I'm talking about the actual technical data. So I think it behooves folks like PointsBet to speak even more loudly about things that both the Curling Canada folks could look out for, but also what curlers need to be very aware of. And curling, you know, we've, Part of the reason why we went down this road together is we are, you know, we all believe that gaming is a great way to help bring the age of the curling audience down. Gaming is fun, right? Um, it, it, it adds a level of, of deeper engagement to the sport. And so because of that, we have to be very conscious of integrity issues, of, you know, RG, one of our RG messages that we turned into a 30-second commercial was delivered, was primarily um, produced to be viewed in venue at the Briar. Uh, it was Team Anderson who contributed, you know, uh, you know, Val and, and Carrie and Shannon and, and Brianne contributed to that. And we loved the message so much, we dedicated um, a, a, a fairly significant share of our broadcast inventory during, during the Briar and then to the World Championships on um, this that, you know, that, that piece of collateral. So, you know, to your point, Steve, curling is still a, a you know, semi-amateur sport. And because of that, we have to be even more conscious, more conscientious, both as an operator, but also as an educator. Sorry, Nick, I, I lied. We're going to give the last word to Chris Abbott because he just pinged me to say he, he's got a quick, uh, a quick anecdote about uh, curling integrity. I'll throw it back to you, Nick, after I'm done. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, what he was saying spurred uh, spurred something in in my head, which is a dangerous place sometimes. But um, back when I was with Coolbet in 2019, we were one of the first gaming brands to partner with uh, a curling team. We partnered with John Epping's team, with Ryan Fry and Brent Lang and Matt Cam at the time, and then um, we also worked with Team Holman afterwards. And even that's four short years ago. But I had to be like, hey, guys, make sure you tell the other curlers they are not allowed to bet on the events when we offer odds because it was so brand new. Like um, the guys and gals maybe not understand that. Well, it's not my game, so it's fine. Right. So those um, organizations uh, had this gambling thing thrown in their face, the sports betting thing thrown in their face. And then they had to react because it wasn't a topic of conversation before. Um, now, many of the teams have have gaming uh, partners. And I know that the acquaintances I have in the curling world will tell me like, they're drilling this home to us all the time on the integrity piece, because, you know, individual sports, small team sports, they're the, they're the ones that are traditionally uh, easiest to manipulate. So um, it's certainly being taken very, very seriously by the governing bodies in curling. But just a few short years ago, it wasn't even a topic of conversation. Nick? No, no, Chris has last word. I'm all right. <laughs> That's good. Let's let's, uh, let's leave it there. Conversation was so uh, so terrific. Really grateful. Paul Burns, the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Chris Abbott, the Canadian country manager for Botano. Nick Solsky, the chief commercial officer of Points Bet Canada. Really grateful for your insight uh, and uh, analysis as, as always. Just off of Paul's comments about some symposium, I would encourage you to, to listen to our one-on-one interview with Richard McLaren last week on the Gaming News Canada Show podcast, uh, which you can find on Substack, Apple, and, and Spotify. We do this thing on LinkedIn Audio every Thursday afternoon. Really grateful to Osler, Hoskin, and Harcourt LLP for, for sponsoring the, the podcast and, and these get-togethers. Thank you for listening to the Gaming News Canada Show. Sign up for our newsletter at gamingnewscanada.ca. Follow Steve McAllister on LinkedIn to join the live audience. Message Steve if you're interested in being a sponsor or featured guest. 